You're listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry on Anchor.fm, where the weird, the wild, and the unknown are fair play. Enjoy the show. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jerry. Hey, um, I'm, I'm sorry I flaked out last week. We were supposed to, I know we were supposed to record exactly a week ago. Yeah, we had a hiatus and that's okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to tell the listeners why. Okay. I was freaked out and very upset because my girlfriend, who's in a very, very high risk group, uh, contracted COVID-19. I am happy to report it's been like nine, almost 10 days now, and she's not getting worse. She's not getting better yet, but she's not any worse. Um, It's been kind of like a medium bad flu. And uh, so, but when, when... (laughs) When she broke it to me, and I had not seen her for a while because she's been in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And so she came out of the hospital after a major surgery and like three weeks in the hospital, came home and in within the first couple of days got infected. And I'm not going to go into that part. So, and, and I was supposed to go over and see her. And for some reason, uh, the situation was I, I didn't make it over there. And then the very next morning, she sends me a goodbye letter because she found out that she had tested positive. And she basically, her doctor had told her that it was going to kill her if she caught it. And so she was saying goodbye. And so that's why I was all freaked out. But it looks like he was wrong. And everything's going to turn out okay. Uh, the the problems she's having really are just the problems she's would have had anyway because of the operation and healing and stuff. So there's that. Yeah. I know. So anyway, the the ghost of the pig whose ribs I ate tonight is manifesting uh-huh. as rumbling and gurgling in my tummy. So I I. I don't know. I think the microphone might actually be picking it up. <laughs> well, it I'm sure it was delightful. And I'm sure the pig sacrifice was in no vain. Uh, well, I, I assimilated its spirit into me. So I'm, you know, you are what you eat. I'm part pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> uh, did you know that 45% of Americans believe in ghosts and as many as 18% of people will go so as far as to say that they've had contact with a ghost. You said 45%. Wow. For, 45% believe in ghosts. That's crazy. No, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I, have guessed it was that high to be honest with you. I I know, but um, they're specifying Americans now, but I mean, that's probably <laughs> the same percentage i don't remember off the top of my head but we kind of spouted something about aliens and it's probably about the same percentage that believe in aliens I bet was it 45 percent of people are open-minded there you go there you go yeah that's true well i mean the way i mean i know we've talked about ghosts before and the reason we brought it up was we were going to do a ghost episode for halloween but here we are recording it on a scarier eve <laughs> 
the evening before the uh, uh, 2020 election, which to me is a lot scarier than Halloween. Um, but we're, we're going to go ahead and go with the Halloween theme anyway. Um, so a, a recent Google search turned up nearly 8 million results suggesting a link between ghosts and Einstein's work covering the conservation of energy. Have you heard that one? No. Can you go into that? That doesn't make any sense. I want it to well, make sense. Here's, okay. So Einstein proved that all the energy of the universe is constant and it can neither be created nor destroyed. Oh, there goes my tummy. I don't know if you'd heard that or not. <laughs> I did. I heard it. I heard the pig <laughs> crying out. <laughs> The pig saying, I can't be destroyed. I'm still here. <laughs> so, so what happens to that energy when we die? If it cannot be destroyed, then it must, according to Dr. Einstein, be transformed into another form of energy. So what is that energy? Now, food for worms can only, or food for me, can only explain part of it. Where, but when we know there's a thing called psychic energy. I mean, some people may poo-poo it, but I mean, we think thought is energy. <laughs> it's hard to quantify, but there's, I mean, it's it, you can't say it's not energy. Some say it's a biological process. I'm like, well, it's, anyway, yeah, there's got to be something there, though, because I mean, if there are other dimensions out there, I mean, who's to say that our thoughts don't have anything to do with manifesting anything in those other dimensions? Oh, no. Thoughts are real because they affect reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they do. I mean, uh, I'm not saying directly, but uh, you think of something, therefore you do it, and therefore you've affected reality. The thought affected reality. So, you know, and, and we're, anyway, I, I, where I'm already getting down into a rabbit hole. I, I wanted to preface this by saying something I think I said the last time we talked about ghosts. For the longest time, I only believed in ghosts during the nighttime. During the day, I did not. Shut up, pig. <laughs> that pig really He really wants to be part of the podcast. So you ate my ribs. I'm going to talk too. So anyway, um, so our original thing was, uh, I was going to like tell ghost stories that I'd, I'd found on the internet and then you were going to tell ghost stories, but I thought, let's just, let's really delve into what it is about ghosts and haunting and, and, and things like that, because, you know, my, my girlfriend who fortunately is not a ghost right now, um, she has firmly believed all along that she had poltergeist activity in her farmhouse and then it followed her to her new house. And she keeps blaming a lot of stuff that mysteriously disappears and reappears for no reason on the poltergeist. And I know I had witnessed things at her, at her uh, farmhouse, which I may have talked about in a earlier episode that were truly made me go, okay, something is happening because I can't deny what just happened. You know, 
with witnesses. So, poltergeists, whatever they are, is a phenomenon. And I'm going to say up front, I think that's acceptably real. I'm not saying it's a ghost. I'm saying I don't know what it is, but there is a phenomenon. Who knows what it is? Maybe it's on some... (laughs) There it goes again. On, On some end, it might be psychological. On the other end, it might actually be some sort of spirit activity or something. And I'm I'm talking too much. I need to let you well, take over for a minute. Let's let's talk let's go back a little bit. And you said the ghost stories are fun and poltergeists are annoying little pests. But we both have animals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen as Tracy have um does your girlfriend have uh pets? Yeah, she's got a dog. Okay, has Tracy, cats? has has Tracy's dog ever uh barked at anything crazy at the, I, at the I, house? think it has she has the the dog uh but i know mine back when because uh, uh, i lived in a place in texas where i firmly and i know what we talked about this in an earlier episode i firmly felt a presence there the whole from the whole time we lived there and the dog did bark at a corner a couple times and I stepped into the corner to be experimental, and there was definitely a cold spot. Now, if it, it could be that I was expecting it, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I've experienced that. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's it really creeps me out. Like, I used to, you know, I had a couple cats before, and um, whenever they would stare off in one space, like one spot of the room or something, I would... I'm like, oh crap, they see something I don't see. And that gives me the creeps. I never felt anything like you say you did. Um, but now, you know, having a dog um, and thinking about, you know, how he's protecting the house and all of that stuff. Like if he hears a noise, like he'll he'll jump up straight out of a deep sleep. He'll jump up, run to the spot and he'll just bark, bark, bark like crazy. And, you know, some of the times there's, there's nothing there. Other times there's a dog walking by. Um, but I think it's interesting how animals have that perception that we don't have for sure. Hey, I mean, it, it can be explained in a, in a bunch of different ways if we wanted to be skeptical about it, but what's the fun in that? <laughs> That's not what we're here for. So there are various different types of ghosts and I'm, I'm kind of going through a catalog here from my notes. There is residual haunting activity there's poltergeist activity there's supposedly demonic activity i have a problem believing in demons but whatever uh then there's intelligent and interactive activity um then there's shadow people or shadow creatures which i have also experienced as a phenomenon Though I can't say it was a spirit, I think it could just be a trick of the eyes. Or, uh, in, in fact, let, let me let me do my scientific explanation of it. Our brains and our eyes are wired to to ascertain patterns, even if they're not there. It's looking for patterns all the time. We have amazing pattern recognition in our in our senses, and. Sometimes out of the corner of your eye, there might be a shadow or something like that. And your brain goes and assigns a pattern and you turn and you look and it's gone. 
So you saw it out of the corner of your eye. And for me, it's always a cat. Like, like even when we didn't have a cat and I lived in Chicago, there was a freaking phantom cat in our apartment. <laughs> it was a shadow cat. And I'm not saying it was a real cat or it was a real spirit, but man, I saw it over and over again. And so did my younger daughter. So there's that. And then there's another thing called portal hauntings, which I'm not really familiar with. Well, where do orbs fall under? Orbs? Oh, that's a, what, as, as a photographer, don't you. Well, let's, let's step back because I, okay, here's my thing. I, I still consider myself a photographer. You know, I, I really haven't done anything professional for a while. Right. But, um, I, I understand once upon a time with, with more so with film that, that, uh, it could, you know, capture orb type things, which were really light reflections off something else. Right. Uh-huh. Like yeah. the, these days, like in, and if you you're looking at like video and they've caught videos of these orbs, right? Um, that's a little bit more creepy to me. It is creepy, but as a photographer, I know exactly what it is. It's a bug or a speck of dirt that is shining. You know, uh, uh, there's light shining on it, and the lens is not focused on it, so you get a a bokeh effect mm-hmm. and that's i think that's all it is maybe but so okay i, I want to counter you with this okay but let, let me as you're talking i'm going to send you a picture of something okay i want to counter this with what about the experiences people have had where they've been in the woods and they've seen orbs or like in russia there's this lake where orbs are known to float above um let me see this this photo uh, Jerry had sent me a photo, ladies and gentlemen, and this photo is so it's a I, picture of a fire, and I see a <laughs> lizard person there uh, to the right. Um, I do see, I do see some <laughs> colored flame, hmm, and a little something above it. Hmm. What is that? So uh, we didn't see anything, and I didn't notice that when I took that picture. But there is like a glowing mist sitting next to the two young lovers there. And uh, uh, for our listeners, I'll post this on our our website, uh, acceptablyreal.com. So you you can go out and see it. Because there's actually another one I think I've showed you. But but that is the, that is the, I mean, now part of me says, okay, that could be some sort of weird refre- reflection of the fire in the lens. Mm, okay. But I've looked at it from every angle and I've zoomed in on it and I can't match the pattern of the fire with the pattern of that specter. And that's, that's my girlfriend sitting there. And so, and this is her house. So that could be her poltergeist. You're breaking up a little bit, Jerry. I'm sorry, man, that, but it's it's okay. It's recording from this side, so they'll okay. but it they could be their poltergeist. That's what I was saying. Okay. Hmm. A nuisance. And here I will I'll send you another one. Now I think I may have showed you this one before. I took that at a graveyard 
in my teenage years. Did, have I showed right. you that? Was this, uh, that a, yeah. was this a 35 millimeter? Uh, that is film? a 35 millimeter film, black and white, timed exposures. We saw nothing. We heard nothing. I was just taking a bunch of pictures because I was hoping to get something like this. Yeah. But we didn't think we did. So I've never showed you that. No, I don't think you did. Hey, question. Oh. Did, so did you examine the film on, under like a loop? Yes, uh, that's how I that's how I found it. Right. I don't know if you had if you had printed it and maybe there was some dust on the larger or maybe maybe there was something in the, you know, dust in the film canister. No, no. So so yeah, there's the swirl, but you have to look really close. The gravestone is tilted to one side. Yeah, I see it. Uh-huh. Now we went back like a week later and took more photos and went there and I tried to lift that gravestone and it is heavy and it was not tilted like that. So well, it's lo- like something was going, hey, I'm going to fuck with the living people. And you're talking <laughs> about the one in the picture, uh, the stone in the back, not the front one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The stone yeah. in the back so with a I- swirl around it. Mm-hmm. When I look at the front one, you know, I do, I do see like if you took this at your, you know, maybe diagonal a little bit or swaying, um, but it does kind of look like it's not super straight either. At least no, but you see part. the the back one though. Yeah, I see the black part. Up. It's uh-huh. tilted up because we went and examined the whole thing, and I actually tried to move it back and forth. And I have another picture. So this is the one I could not debunk. And I don't even, I don't have the, the, um, the, uh, um, uh, negative anymore because I sent it off to some ghost hunter guys way back before it was a TV show or anything. And they all came back and said, well, that looks like it might be. And then they never sent me my negative back. (laughs) That looks like it might be. It might be a ghost. But I think, I think what made them a little suspicious is it was too well, um, um, it, it's too good of a picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, if, if I was going to fake a ghost, I could, I could fix some awesome ghost pictures. I know exactly how to do it. And especially even back then, you just, I had a camera that would take double exposures. You would take a picture you would you would adjust the the aperture down so it was not as much light was coming through. You take a picture, and you hold this button down, and you'd you'd uh, you'd click the thing like to to wind the film, but it wouldn't wind the film, but it would reset the shutter, and then you'd just take another picture, and then you'd have two. I've I've done it with my daughter when she was young, just as we were playing around making ghost pictures, you know. So if I was going to make a ghost picture, I would have made a spectacular ghost picture. This is a swirl around a gravestone. And it's not really the swirl that gets me as much as as just the fact that that it's sitting up on one corner, a heavy stone. There was nothing under it when we went back. So I can't explain that one. I can kind of explain the one at the campfire as maybe, maybe a reflection in the they're still cool to see. I mean, definitely. Well, I, our poor listeners are going, I can't see anything. This is an audio podcast. This isn't fair. Go to acceptablyreal.com right now and you can see exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's just strange. And, you know, in the um, 
Western culture, it's just, you know, known that, you know, you don't talk about ghosts, you know, you don't, you know, tell people you believe in ghosts. And Eastern cultures, it's like the opposite, you know, people in different cultures, other than where we, we are, really have these different perceptions of what ghosts are, you know, ghost stories travel throughout time everywhere. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. And it's, I think it's a good thing to talk about as kooky as people might think it is. It's something that, you know, if you don't talk about it, then how are you going to ever learn? Well, it's, there's, there is no, it is unknowable at this point, what happens to your consciousness after death. It is absolutely unknowable. Just like the question of, is there or isn't a God? It's, it's not knowable until God actually puts his foot down and squashes a building, <laughs> you know, like, that was a Monty Python reference. Anyway, so uh, you can't, uh, all we could say is there is no acceptable um, evidence that proves anything. It neither do any of my photos. Nothing is proven. And the, the, which, you know, there's, there's little loopholes in physics that do exactly this same thing, which makes me think it's kind of related. Like, like I just the other day, I learned that they can't prove that if you're on earth and, and someone else is on Mars, if the same moment is happening, that there's, there's no such thing as the same time anywhere. And they, they, they can't prove it because they can't prove that the speed of light goes three, 300,000 kilometers per second in both directions. I mean, in one direction, they could only say if the, the only way they can measure light is to bounce it off something. So there's nothing to say in physics that it goes that speed to something, but comes back instantaneously. And that opens this huge can of worms of what is, what is actually the present moment, you know, yeah. And it could the present moment is different in different places because apparently you can't you can't move two clocks away from each other and have them still be in sync. Right. Yeah. That's you know. Yeah. Huh? So there's all sorts of these weird things, and, and of course and there's the the classic one. You can't know the the what is it the direction or the no you can't what is it the a particle can't you can't, <laughs> I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. My brain can't exist and not exist at the same time. Well, let me take us in a different direction, if I may. Okay. okay. All right. So, Please so do, because I'm floundering. It's okay. So back in, in Ghost, do you ever have that creepy feeling like you do hear something and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, what if somebody's in the house? What if somebody's in the house? But of course, nobody's in the house. Do you, do you ever hear about the stories where people actually found people living in their house? Oh, yeah. 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 I read this story about this guy who um, actually, he, he you know, just lived by himself in a house and he would go to work, come home, and he'd see some things moved around, um, some things dripping, some food missing, right? And eventually this guy had set up his own little security cameras and he caught a lady coming down from the attic and rummaging through all of his food. And I guess his lady had lived there from the previous tenants. Um, 
oh. or another. And uh, I, yeah. I, I do remember that story, but I. I... <laughs> and this isn't just one story. Like this has happened numerous people. Like it's 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 happened to a point where like these stories I I see on the news about this it really freaks me out. I'm always like, okay. So what if the dog's not barking at somebody inside or outside? What if he's barking at the attic door? What if uh, somebody's living up there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's spooky. And it's spooky to feel that somebody is living in your walls of your own home. and You wouldn't know. Um, well, there's well, there's this. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Tracy and I both have homes right now. Tracy is my girlfriend, by the way, guys. Uh, that have secret passages upstairs. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it was a common thing for, uh, in older houses. So if like, if you go into this back closet upstairs in the attic area where, where I mainly live, uh, there's a secret door and you open it up and there's like this crawl space. Where does it go? And uh, it's just, it's just, I just use it for extra storage. Hmm. That's interesting. But, yeah, so and and Tracy, uh, her uh, her daughter's bedroom has a little door that you open, and you could, if you're a kid, you could fit in there and have your own like playroom and stuff. But it freaked the hell out of her daughter out, and they actually put furniture up against it. <laughs> oh yeah, that is creepy. That is creepy. Well, you know, but, uh, but oh, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, it's okay. I'm just going to say, you know that Geico commercial that's been out uh, where the guy goes upstairs with the little Geico lizard into his attic and he's trying to see what the previous tenants left behind and they're creepy mannequins. And so they're both like, oh, we're getting out of here. I've never had an attic like that um, to where, you know, I'd, I'd go and see if somebody left pre- stuff behind or anything. So I don't, I don't know. Well, you guys that, are going to be buying a house pretty soon, aren't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. So about <laughs> check, for the, check for those <laughs> hidden trap doors. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so when I moved to Cleveland um, about four, nearly four years ago now, um, yeah, I, I arrived at night, like around 1030 p.m. to the house. The moving truck was uh, coming the next morning. Um, I, I had a company move me out there and so it was just the dog and I, you know, a car full of stuff, uh, had a blow up mattress cause my bed, my bed wasn't there. And so I was, you know, doing some searching throughout the house. I'd opened up my closet and I didn't realize there was a, a small door back there. And I think it's very similar to what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> there was a small door and I, I was freaking myself. I was like, what the hell is in this door? you know, open it up and you see the exposed walls um, and everything. And I think they had oh, yeah. used it for storage before too. But I was freaked out, you know. It was just me late at night in this house. <laughs> um, one more story and we'll, we'll you know, continue. Um, when I was 23, um, yeah, 23, 24, I had moved into a Jewish synagogue. Um, you know, it was, I had moved home to be with my parents for a little bit to save money and an opportunity came up where my stepfather worked security at this, at this uh, Jewish temple downtown um, Davenport. And um, 
he one day woke me up at like 7 a.m. And he was like, hey, hey, uh, how would you like to work and live in this Jewish temple? I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, hey, listen, this is an opportunity. It's going to go quick. You have to call this person, yada, yada. So anyway, interviewed, got this position, and I moved in uh, to basically upstairs of this temple. And um, uh, one of the first times I stayed the night, there was, again, uh, a door right in my living room that was like where the furnace is. But uh-huh. I am, you know, opening the door and there's this rope and it's, you know, it has like a little noose, but I think it's like a tie. But to me, it looked like a noose. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? Oh, man. And I think I've told stories about this before, but. Um, yeah, the alarm stories. The alarm stories, yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that little thing freaked me out. And I'd always show people that and they'd always get a kick out of it. Well, the the one that really gets me, uh, the, the, the thing that happened over at uh, Tracy's farmhouse, I, w- I wish she was she could join us to, to, to talk. Maybe we could have her on at some point and she could tell all her stories. Oh my God. But so we were sitting there. It was one night and uh, it was just her and I, uh, the kid was staying somewhere else. There was nobody in the house. She didn't have a dog. I don't think at this point, no cats sitting in the, um, the at the kitchen table, I don't remember we just eaten or what, but we're just sitting there talking. And then suddenly like right across from us, there were stairways going up and suddenly there was very distinct footprints. I mean, of uh, footstep sounds and creaking sounds going up the stairs. And it wasn't like random. It was rhythmic creak, 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 creak. I mean, exactly the way it sounded if I walked up the stairs. And I turned and I looked at her and said, are you hearing this as it's happening? And she just nodded and she goes, yeah, (laughs) like it happened all the time. And so that wasn't someone in the house because we would have seen it (laughs) because the stairs were right in front of us. So that, that is the, you know, I mean, up until that point, that is when I was like, you know, during the day, I don't believe in ghosts at night. I do. At that point, there was a, it was a turning point where I was like, during the day, I'm like, I'm not really sure there's, there's something going on. I can't explain it and I can't say what it is, but there is something happening. And that wasn't in my brain because she heard it too, you know? There goes the pig again. The pig says, I'm real. (laughs) So anyway, that, that's my little tale about that. Huh? Man, ghosts freak me out. Like I remember when I was a little kid and I'm sure you have stories, like your stories are far better than my stories, but you know, like whenever you're in your, if you had a basement and then you want to run upstairs, but you have to run upstairs before the the monsters underneath the stairs get you. Oh yeah. Uh, If the lights are off and, I think somebody's making a movie about the people who live under the stairs. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or there's like the thing that lives under your bed. Spooky, man. Spooky. Well, I have some uh, poltergeist factoids to share. Shoot. Okay. Did I already say this one? Parapsychologists can't agree what they are. No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. 
so, so they they don't agree if it's a ghost or a supernatural entity of some sort or a psychological and physical disturbance that is uh, akin to telekinesis because it seems to happen more in houses that have troubled teens. And so the conjecture is it has something to do with the psychic energy that either that the teens are releasing or that the poltergeists somehow are attracted to and draw energy from it. This is obviously unprovable. Poltergeists tend to prefer women to men in hauntings, which is <laughs> bears a witness to my, my uh, girlfriend's situation. <laughs> um, they like to mess with your stuff again. Uh, I've seen it. Well, I haven't seen it happen, but I've seen the effects of it where things just, and Tracy just complains about it all the time. Things go missing. And she looks everywhere and can't find it. And then hours later, it's sitting right in plain sight, right in front of her, right where she looked. I actually have a story about that. Okay. And I think I told this in an earlier episode, but so let me condense it so it's not a big, long story. Um, old girlfriend and I used to go out and after, after I got that picture of that spooky thing in the cemetery, her and I would go out to that cemetery a lot and just take pictures, but she was into witchcraft and she'd like, you know, dressed like spooky, uh, witchy Stevie Nicks and we would go out and have fun and stuff. But one time we were out there in the middle of the night and I lost my car keys, couldn't find them. We looked everywhere. And so Fortunately, I, at that point, I always had uh, a spare set in a magnetic box in, in the inside of the bumper that I could get to. And so I, there, you know, we were going to get home. So I just, on the way out, I padded, um, a section of this brick fence that was around a, a bunch of, um, uh, gravestones. And I, and I jokingly, you know, uh, addressed the spirits and said, Hey, if you guys could find my keys, can you put them right here? We'll be back in the morning. So we go home and the next day I come back out to look for the keys again. We look there. It's not there. We go around, we're all over the graveyard. We're looking and looking and looking. We come back and we've given up and we're going back to the car and they're sitting right there. Spooky. Yeah. And that really happened. <laughs> so I'm like, and there was nobody else in that graveyard. It was this little tiny graveyard near Lodi, California, out in the weeds, not, not well maintained. So it was just us. And she was with me the whole time. So she didn't put them there. So that's crazy. There's that. Hey, weird things happen and not everything can be explained. And that feels good. I kind of feel really good when things can't all be explained, you know, makes me feel like the mystery is still there in the world. You know, scientists agree with that. Yeah. They don't want everything to be explained because that means, I mean, if everything was explained, they'd be out of a job. <laughs> they have to go out and find out why things happen. But unfortunately... 
they don't take this serious enough. Well, some do apparently, but then they're the the problem is if you're if you're a serious scientist and you want to like look into these phenomenon, you're labeled a kook and you lose all respect among your peers. And so it it keeps it from happening. So then anybody who actually tries to study this stuff is labeled a crackpot and is shunned. So there's a phenomenon right there. That's kind of weird. So, I mean, you have an unexplained event. Someone wants to study it, but you get shunned for doing it. Therefore, you're you're discouraged from f- trying to figure out what's going on because it obviously something's happening because everybody's talking about it, just like UFOs. And now suddenly, apparently, they're real. Well, I'm I'm still a little skeptical about all that and the timing, but I've thought about that a while. And I'm like, why would? Because it didn't. If they wanted to deflect from other things going on in the media, mm-hmm. they failed miserably. Well, <laughs> you know? if you if you were to believe the whole Tom DeLonge kind of thing. And what he says, he says it's because the government didn't know how to put it out there in a way that people would understand. Mm -hmm. And but that's just his perspective. And a lot of people are very skeptical about him, even though he's one of the, you know, him and his company are the are the ones who pretty much got those videos to be seen by Mm -hmm. people. So they've got to give credit where credit's due, even though some of what he says is hard to believe. Um, It's it is fascinating. And and. You know what? It's it's not just it's not just UFOs. Like imagine what else the uh, government is hiding. Um, my little brother and I had got on a uh, like a Zoom call. I guess uh, we tried Facebook. It wasn't working, but we did Zoom, and we were actually looking at FB, the FBI website. And they have a, a a section of their website called the Vault, uh, where they go into all the fringe sciences and they talk about like you know un, like um, unclassified experiments that that went on um who they investigated people they investigated it was really crazy stuff and i would <laughs> i i take a bet that you know some of the stuff that they had um released and declassified was stuff that you know people like you and me at the time would have thought as kooky or you know oh yeah it's, so it's, it's, crazy. it's like the, it's the real X-Files then. Yeah, check it out. It's fbi.gov slash vault maybe. Uh, oh, if you okay. go to fbi.gov, there's a section called vault. Funny enough, they actually have a games part of the FBI site where kids can go on and play games. I don't know why they have that, but it's there if you are curious. Oh, I know exactly why. It's the same reason the Army has a, has a really good video game. Yeah. It's to train people. Future recruits. Yeah, all these Call of Duty kids these days are are going to be the next saviors of society. Yeah. What else is new? Oh, let's see. Um, got a new book out. <laughs> I think I've already pitched that before. Yep. Um, but you could pitch it again. People like hearing. All right. Okay. Well, that way I won't actually put the uh, the the annoying commercial at the end. Um, it's called No Such Thing as Mermaids. It, uh, it kind of deals with some of the stuff that we would talk about here. Uh, the main character doesn't believe in him, but he saw something and he can't, can't believe what he saw. So he 
he has problems with it. We'll put it that way. So it turns into this mystery and there's other mysteries involved. And then he falls in love with uh, uh, a woman who is a self-proclaimed uh, third generation witch who, by the way, the uh, character freaked Joe out a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever finish the book? I did. Yep. It was good. Okay, we'll did, talk about it. You, what, we'll talk about it after or another time if you want to. But I, I know, uh, but I, I just wanted to know: it did at the did it, was she still freaky at the end to you? Yeah, only. Well, I'll I'll say that it was very hard to get that out of my head because when I read books, like I imagine them happening in my brain, like a movie in my brain. I'm sure that's how everybody <laughs> reads them. I think, I hope, but you know, I just imagine her. You, I don't know. I, it was hard to get that out of my head. So yeah, so what 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 he's talking about is in the story she makes these little of uh, what was that or, ornaments, right? Uh, but but out of twigs and stuff and hangs them around. But they're heart shapes, right? But but even the main character looks at it and goes, "This is some freaky Blair Witch shit." <laughs> and she's trying to woo him. Yeah, man, see, I, I think the different like that's that's kind of what the impression I got too is. I remember the Blair Witch and seeing that movie and seeing all the little bundles of sticks that had lying around in the trees. I, I think I think the reason to me a character who's like that doesn't bother me at all was I've dated a witch. I've had good friends who are witches and 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 stuff like that, and so I'm really used to it and familiar with it and uncomfortable with it. And, and I've never looked at witches as evil. So, and I was always, I'm always kind of pissed off when they're always like Eve, they're, oh, it's a witch. So she's got to be evil. I'm like, no, she's a freaking flower child. You know, I mean, a, a real witch was, was a shaman and uh, a, a shaman was an early scientist. They were figuring out what those natural things do and unleash their natural powers like, you know, medicine. But they didn't know what medicine was, so it was like the spirits, and so it became supernatural. And then the church, churches, didn't like that because the people were following the shamans instead of believing in the power of this old dude with a beard on a throne somewhere and stealing his thunder. And so they demonized the witches. So, I mean, I have a big problem with that, <laughs> as, as a lot of my readers would know. So, anyway, uh, I'm not a witch or warlock myself, but um, uh, I have no problems with them. But I understand that some people do. Like, I can imagine a, uh, a devout Christian reading one of my books, especially like that one, and going, <gasps> Demon! You know, yeah, yeah. It is. It is fascinating to, to, I guess, read. And I, you did grow up in, you know, in uh, California. So I mean, you gotta give <laughs> yeah, you so... credit there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what Tracy would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you grew up in California. You're already weird. <laughs> You're already out there, and I, yeah. I get it. I get it. But we all love you. Well, thank you. It made you. All... It made you. Very interesting, you know, and what, as my psychologist says, I'm, I'm, uh, I asked him if I, how weird I was. And he says, well, you're very comfortable at being very weird. 
So. That's a good thing, I'd say. Yeah. Well, why be anyone else? <laughs> be you, you know? Yeah. And with that, I don't know. So we're coming up for 46 minutes. We could we could declare whether or not we think ghosts are acceptably real and and uh, call it an episode. What do you think? Yeah, let's call it. Let's call it. I think our listeners have had a lot to ponder on. Okay. And they will go so to the what, website, acceptablyrealpodcast.com. Yeah. Check out the stuff that we we're talking about. I'll put a link to the FBI thing, too, when I post this. So... What do you think? Are ghosts acceptably real or not? Ghosts are always going to be acceptably real. Really? I'm still, I still almost hesitate to say that. I'll well, say let's that say let's say the lore of ghosts. The lore of ghosts will always the foot. Fa- I'll say the phenomenon that people attribute to ghosts is definitely acceptably real. However, the explanation of what is really going on remains a mystery. Thanks for listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry. Eager for more? Visit us at acceptablyreal.com or like us on Facebook at Acceptably Real Podcast.